This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences and listeners' experiences about how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about the fact that it's time to start the 100-day countdown to the end of 2023, and we will take a deep dive into listeners' answers to two listener questions related to Rebels and School question about rebels and ADHD and rebels going off to college. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, all things human nature. I'm in New York City in my little home office. And joining me today from Los Angeles is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I will be seeing you soon in Kansas City. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And yes, Scratch, I can't wait to do all our Kansas City things. Oh yeah, Winstead. Winstead. Here we come. <laughs> barbecue. It's all going to happen. Yeah. Okay, Gretchen, before we dive in, we want to remind everyone that we are planning for an upcoming episode about performance. Episode 450, we're going to be talking about performance. So we're asking for your ideas about how to improve performance, prepare for performance, work on your stage fright for performance, all of that. Yeah, and by performance, we really mean being on stage, being in the spotlight. It's the kind of performance where you're like giving a toast or giving a presentation to a group or... You're on stage in some way, even if it's an invisible stage in a conference room. Yes. All eyes are on you. Yes. I don't know what sparked this, but I got a sudden rash of inquiries about 
where to find my neglected sense quiz. So if you want to take the quiz, what's your neglected sense? You can just look for quiz on my site, GretchenRubin.com, or just go to GretchenRubin.com slash quiz, and that will take you to the what's your neglected sense quiz, also the four tendencies quiz. But I don't know why people heard Mm. about it, but didn't know where to find it. So wherever you heard about it, I'm glad you did. (laughs) And I hope you find it useful to learn what your neglected sense is. And Elizabeth and I, We share a neglected sense, Elizabeth. I don't think that was a surprise to either of us. No, taste. Taste. We aren't that adventurous in our taste. No, it's a very popular, it's scores is most appreciated for many people, but not for us. So take the quiz. And one final update is I want to remind everyone that if you're interested in the Four Tendencies workshop about using the Four Tendencies at work, it's happening next week, September 26th at 7.30 Eastern, and you can register at happiercast.com slash workshop. Yes. And this week, our Try This at Home suggestion is to start the 100-day countdown on September 23rd. There are officially 100 days left in 2023. Wow, that's very that's that feels very fortunate. Mm-hmm. September 23rd for 2023, 100 days. Anyway, so you know, 100 is like a good number. It feels like yes. the right number to double down, reflect, start working towards the end of the year. Yeah. Well, Gretch, you love a calendar catalyst. I do. You even have a calendar of catalysts. Yes. Yeah. That's at GretchenRubin.com slash resources if you want to see the calendar of catalysts with all the days. I love these. A lot of these days are kind of very whimsical. So what can we do? So we have 100 days left. So the idea is to think about what you want to accomplish in the next 100 days and basically just start getting it done. Yeah. And and you might be in two, one of two positions. You might be doing great. Or if you want to take it up to a new level, you might be a marathoner or a sprinter in this context. So a marathoner is somebody like you've been trucking along, you've been trucking along, but you need to re-engage because over the course of the year, like maybe you were doing great going outside 23 and 23, but then, you know, it got really hot in the summer, you kind of fell away. So now it's time to re-engage, keep that you've been going for so long, keep going. Or you might want to engage for the sprint. Maybe you haven't been doing something at all for the year, but suddenly now you're like, okay, I've got a hundred days I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to scratch this off my list, or at least I'm going to do it for this amount of time. Again, for something like Go Outside 23 and 23, doing it for 100 days, it's kind of a nice round, feels like a real accomplishment. Yeah. I know for me, Gretchen, I had on my 23 for 23 list, do Prime and 50, the hike I like to do, do it 50 times. Recently, I talked about how I'm upping it to 100. Wow. So you're and doubling 100 it. 100 is just such a good yes. number. Ooh, 100 days to get to 100 yes. hikes. Yes, 100 days to get to 100 hikes. I definitely need to pick it up, though. Yep. So I've done, I think, about 68 hikes, but that's still a lot more to do before the end of the year. So this is good for me. Well, Elizabeth, I was meaning to tell you because I heard you talking about how you were doubling your aim for the Fryman 50 on Happier in Hollywood because you and Sarah were talking about it. And you said that one of the reasons you were doing it is because you were so stressed out about the strike that this was something that felt like... This was a way to respond constructively and healthfully in a time where you were feeling so much pressure. And it reminded me of back in episode 433, we had to try this at home of raise morale by asserting 
willpower. Mm, that's right. I think that's what you're doing. And this was inspired by a passage from Christopher Isherwood's super thought-provoking memoir, My Guru and His Disciple. And Christopher Isherwood writes, I had given, and he's talking about cigarette smoking. He said, I had given up the habit with difficulty in 1941 because I was upset about my parting from Vernon and wanted to raise my morale by asserting my willpower. And it seemed to me that that was what you were doing, is you were raising your morale by asserting your willpower, by so dramatically upping your challenge for yourself. Yes, absolutely. So I will be reporting back, of course, on yeah. how that goes. Yeah. I feel like I've really put it out there. You have. So I have a lot of accountability to get to it. I think I will. Yeah. And then there's other things, like when I look at my 23 for 23 list, for instance, one of the easiest things on my list was to go on a hike in Ojai with Sarah, mm -hmm. and that's something I haven't done. So now I'm like, okay, in the next 100 days, that must happen. It's so interesting that you say that because on my 23 and 23 list, I also find that you would think that you would do the easiest things first or that it would be easiest to do the easy things. But on my list, something that I really, really want to do would really, really help me out and I think I've put it on my list a couple of years is to do 30 minutes of review, which is when like I review mm. reading materials sort of to sort through it. And this is not that hard. You would think this would be easy for me. I mean, I've done everything. I put it on my calendar. I'm finding it really, really hard to get this habit, even though it, I mean, how can I say that it's easy if I'm unable to do it? Right. But it feels like it should be easy. Well, you have 100 days. Maybe yeah. you should start and say you're going to do it for 100 days. Yes. And that will be, again, the catalyst. Well, you know what I'm thinking is maybe I should hmm. do it for an hour on Saturday and an hour on Sunday. Oh, ah, rather than trying to do yeah. every day. Because that's just not working, it. right? Yes. So don't keep trying to double down on yes. something that for whatever, I don't psychologically understand why that's not working, but clearly it isn't. So I think this is the 100 days also a good time to do like that review and say, Maybe I'm going about mm -hmm. this in the way that's not right for me. Maybe I can get to the same destination, but take a different road. So I'm mm -hmm. going to try that. And then, of course, Gretchen, Sarah and I are writing our novel. Yeah. So 100 days is a good time to be like, okay, let's finish this baby in 100 yeah. days. I think we're halfway through. Yay, I didn't know now, that. Now, of course, that's just a draft. But still, I mean, we're going to need to do oh, a lot of but rewriting. But is so much easier than writing. Yes, huh. yes. Yeah. Yes. So we're we've made a lot of progress, wow. but it's great to look at the hundred days and go, okay, we can do this. Yeah. Well, for me, it's I really want to catch up on photo albums. This is something where again, the longer I wait, the longer it's gonna take. So yep. it's not that hard and it really doesn't take all that long. It's just fiddly work that in my free time, I don't feel like doing, but mm -hmm. I love having them, and I really want to get it. I, I will get this done by the end of 2023, so I'm using this as a reminder to get going on that. Let us know if you do try this at home and how starting the 100-day countdown works for you, and what are you doing with your last 100 days? Let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. It's happiercast.com slash 448, because this is episode 448 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a hack that gives you another reason to get your library card. But first, this break.
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Elizabeth, we love a happiness hack, and so many of our hacks have been related to libraries. We are huge, huge, huge fans of libraries and all that they offer. And here's something, though, that I had not heard that they offer. Yes, this comes from Marie. She said, I thought you would get a kick out of this. I discovered that my county library not only has books, but you can also check out artwork, DIY tools, educational toys, computers, and ukuleles. (laughs) Yes, because... Gretch, for people who may not remember, (laughs) you taught yourself how to play a song on the ukulele. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not well. But I wish I had checked out a ukulele because maybe I could have, in a two-week period, realized that ukuleles (laughs) was not the thing for me because now I have a ukulele. Yeah, I love this. Who knew? Well, it's great because especially like educational toys are something, you know, kids go through so quickly, they become obsolete. So the idea that you could check it out is fantastic. Or also a DIY tool, like maybe you're really intrigued with something, but they can be expensive and also take up just a lot of room. So this way you could check it out, experiment. And then if it's something that you really like, then maybe you would buy your own. But if you decide it's not for you, then you just return it. So yes, or you just use use it for one project and then you don't have to deal with it. So that's just wonderful. We love libraries. Yes. And now for a deep dive into rebels and school. So we had two separate questions from listeners that were related to rebels in school. The first question came from a parent who was asking about her daughter who is a rebel with ADHD in episode 439. And the second question was from a parent who was asking about her son, who is a rebel, and who is preparing to go off to college in episode 445. Yeah, and we're going to combine the answers because several listeners gave combined answers, so it seems like it'd be easier not to split them apart. Yeah, it it got confusing. And one thing we just want to say is ADHD is a huge topic. It's a super important subject. It's specialized expertise. We do not claim that expertise, and these are what listeners wrote. So use your own judgment, consult with your own experts. We don't want to overclaim here. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Gretchen, this comes from Winslow, who says, In response to the woman who is asking how to support her rebel son who is headed to college, I would offer this advice. Consider whether he may be struggling with ADHD. He sounds like my daughter who has ADHD. She adopts rebel-like attitudes to mask her inability to marshal the executive function required to achieve certain things in life. For instance, if she hasn't followed a rule, she may say to herself and others, that rule is dumb. I'm not going to follow it. 
But what is really going on is that she didn't have the executive function to follow that rule. She got in trouble and she's masking her shame by claiming to not care about the rule rather than admit the truth. She couldn't bring herself to follow it because her ADHD brain makes that much harder than the typical kids. To further support this idea that perhaps the writer's son is struggling more than he lets on, I'll share this other perspective. As a teacher, I often need to ask myself about a struggling child. Is this a won't situation? The child can do something but refuses, or a can't situation? The child doesn't yet have the ability to do something. Usually the biggest way to figure out the difference is to give the child plenty of scaffolding and appealing treats and unappealing consequences to avoid aligned with the target skill. If he or she still doesn't do it, even if the student acts like they're being defiant, we probably have a case of the student not being able yet as opposed to refusal. But the confusing part is a kid will often act out or say things to make you think they're refusing. However, in my experience, these signs should be ignored if the student has received support and rewards slash consequences that they find motivating and they still don't do the thing. This indicates that they simply don't yet know how to do it no matter what their other actions or words tell you. Interesting. Yes, that's really insightful. Yeah, and then relatedly, Kim, who is an ADHD coach, says, I was thrilled when you asked the listener question about ADHD and rebels on today's podcast. I think this question highlights a really important but misunderstood issue related to managing one's ADHD. It is common for school accommodations to be universal for all students with ADHD or for suggested strategies to be touted as ideal for everyone with ADHD. But as this listener highlighted, her daughter is a rebel and does not respond well to outer accountability. So the common accommodation of breaking down tasks into smaller chunks actually backfires for her daughter. Many ADHDers, including myself, are obligers, so this strategy can work well for us, but it does not work well for everyone diagnosed with ADHD. As a late-diagnosed ADHDer and now a certified ADHD coach, I'm thrilled that this mom has had this realization that her daughter needs accommodations and strategies that are unique for her rebel tendency. I actually use the Four Tendencies framework often in my coaching sessions as it is so helpful for understanding the role of accountability and helps my client see that people without ADHD may need some of the same strategies they need based on one's tendency. In response to the question, I would advise the mom to create strategies for her daughter that focus first on her rebel tendency rather than centering first on her ADHD. But it is important to not forget about how her daughter's ADHD is also playing a role in the dynamic. So that's somebody who's got a lot of experience. Yes. Maggie said, I have been a public school teacher for over 10 years, and I recently worked with an elementary student who has ADHD and is also a rebel. She was in my daily small group for struggling readers to work on phonics and decoding. At first, this student was very challenging for me to relate to and to reach. I am an obliger that leans upholder. Many times the student would exhibit defensive and argumentative behavior. I realized how very challenging it would be to have both ADHD and rebel tendencies in a typical school setting. Sit down, stay still, listen to the story, write about the story in your journal. All these tasks are about following instructions immediately and maintaining focus for an extended time. Throughout the year, I got to know her and the following ideas inspired by your work in the four tendencies helped a lot. 
I am pleased to share that at the end of the school year, she had made significant growth in reading. The ideas, choice. I provide a choice whenever possible, even with something small. Would you like to stand up or sit on the wobble stool? Do you want to hold the sight word cards or should I? Consequences. This student loved playing word bingo. When she decided to lay down on the floor instead of read the story, I reminded her that if she did not complete the learning tasks promptly, there would be no time for a game. Identity. This student hated reading at the beginning of the school year. Over the year, I worked with her to try to build her confidence and form an identity as a reader. I acknowledge that reading is a very difficult skill to learn, and it is okay if she doesn't like reading as long as she knows how to read. I showed her data that demonstrated her growth in words per minute on a regular basis. On the last day of group, I caught her sharing her reading growth certificate with her friends. Oh, that's so great. That's great. Arabella writes, I have two sons with ADHD. One of them is a rebel. We have found a couple of things helpful. First, his sense of identity is very strong. Once he identified as a clever kid, he was able to focus on academic work, and this really paid off with his studies. When we need him to do something, we have the most success appealing to his identity. It even works when he realizes what is going on. He will sometimes say, oh, no, don't do this to me. You know I can't resist. (laughs) I think it's true for many people with ADHD that a looming deadline is important to help them focus, and this is particularly true when it's something they're not interested in. My son leaves everything to the last minute, which drives me crazy. We've realized that he needs this extra drive to get things done sometimes, and no amount of nagging earlier in the week or month, etc., will help him, and instead will trigger both his rebel tendencies and send him spinning off into what we call fizzy behavior, with the inability to settle down to any work or even really hold a sensible conversation without getting distracted. He can't work effectively at all when he's like this. Allowing him to leave his work to the 19th hour has been painful for us, but it's cut down on arguments, and generally he gets his work done. If not, he will suffer the consequences with the school. So that's a little Mm. bit counterintuitive, which is let him wait. Yes. If it works for him. Ariana writes, Hi, I'm a rebel, and I went to college and did great. I made myself reminder schedules, turned in all my assignments on time, and graduated cum laude with honors. But my whole life, I thought of myself as a good student identity. I was never told to do my homework as a child or anything like that. I just did it. Clearly, he doesn't think of himself as a good student, and I can't imagine someone changing his mind. I wonder if college is even the best place for him. I also think that the consequences the mom foresees in his future are overblown. Sure, as an obliger, she may think that the world is fair and just, but the fact is he may easily skate by on the minimum and do just fine at school and in the workplace. You see it every day. So that's a good reminder. That's sort of the catastrophizing. (laughs) Yeah. Don't catastrophize. Yeah. Yeah. Lynn said, I am a proud rebel. My 26-year-old son is also a rebel. I always seem to get him, whereas my husband, an obliger, found him perplexing. He graduated from a selective college which fit his identity as an achiever. He didn't want to be that guy who was unreliable, nor did he want to be that guy in average classes. In school, he and I linked closely with our identity. I am now getting my doctorate and feeling overstressed, but when my dean told me I would be the first to receive my doctorate and two certificates when I finished this May, that was the only challenge I needed. My identity is linked to completing tasks I start. I value and identify with having more than meets the eye or being a hidden treasure. 
Possibly the mother asking for advice could glean from her son what his goals and values are related to going off to college. Having him set his identity is key. Mm, Back to identity. Yes. CMR says, my rebel brother struggled as an undergraduate. He usually went to class because he enjoys learning, but had trouble turning in assignments. After some semesters with failed classes, my parents figured out a system where he had to front his own money for college, and they would reimburse him for all past classes. This system might help other people. My brother is now working on his doctorate. Okay, that's a good consequences. Um, Dyer said, I cannot emphasize this enough. Let him fail. Every rescue attempt by you to save him from natural consequences kicks the lesson down the road. If you don't want to be having these exact worries for him when he's 35, let him do it. The world will be his teacher on this one, not you. That said, I'd read to him exactly what you wrote to the podcast. Let him hear your concern, then let it go. And we should say, let him fail is in all caps. <laughs> yes. Like, many rebels say this. They say, you have to let failure happen. That's the best way for rebels. Lauren says, I'm a rebel with a rebel son. One comment. I remember earlier in an episode, you talked about rebels and why praise can be a problem. I find that I like some types of praise, but some praise comes off as surprise that I accomplished anything. For example, my mother will say, cool, or it looks good, but it's in a very chill tone. I appreciate that. My stepmom will say things like, good for you, or oh my gosh, that's amazing. And she says it very loud, like she's astonished. I don't like it because it makes me feel like she thought that I couldn't do something or wouldn't do something. With my son, I try to remind him of consequences sometimes in regards to school. Like I suggest he studies, then remind him, remember before when you didn't study, then you were stressed during your test and disappointed after you didn't do well. Then after I say the consequence, I leave it alone and let him decide what to do. Hard as a parent to do that. Very hard. Often very effective. It's interesting that so many of these comments are from rebels. They are speaking from the rebel perspective. It's interesting how many people just say, do nothing is the most effective thing you can do. Right, or remind them of their identity. Like, what do you want? Because rebels can do anything they decide they want to do. So it's like, help them dial into that. And then consequences. So it's identity and consequences. And understanding how things that work for some people with ADHD might not work for other people with ADHD, which is sort of like the, a good general rule, which is that no tool fits every hand, but it sounds like it's particularly useful here. One of the most valuable things is that so many rebels wrote in, because yes. I do feel like, because rebel is the most different from upholder, obliger, questioner, I feel like sometimes the other tendencies don't get the rebel perspective. So I was really glad that so many rebels weighed in because I do feel like they get it in a way that maybe it's hard for the, even when we understand it, I know for myself, even when I understand it intellectually, it's not the same thing. It's hard to follow through, but it can only, it'll help if I do this, that, the other thing, even though it won't. So yes, thank you everybody for those really great suggestions. And again, if you're absolutely puzzled by what the heck we're talking about, go to GretchenRubin.com and go to the Explore tab and you can learn all about the four tendencies. You can take the four tendencies quiz. You can read a book about the four tendencies. There's more there than you ever want. It's all at GretchenRubin.com. Coming up, I give myself a demerit related to socializing, but first this break.
When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Okay, Elizabeth, demerits and gold stars. This is an even-numbered episode, and that means it's your turn to talk about a demerit. Yes, so Gretch, my demerit is just not being social. Mm, That's surprising. You, I love to be social. I love talking to people. I love my friends. But I have just not been motivated Mm. lately to make any plans whatsoever. So if someone comes after me to make a plan... I'll do it, but I haven't reached out to anyone. The only time I've reached out for the last few months, I would say, is if I'm asking someone if they want to hike because that I'm doing. And so then I say, hey, do, and that's great. And that's wonderful, but I don't want my only socializing to be that. I don't know if it's related to the strike and sort of a feeling of heaviness Mm -hmm. Or if it's just summer when everyone was away, so it just seemed too hard to plan things. And now I haven't gotten back on the Mm -hmm. planning wagon. But I know that gives me a lot of pleasure. So I want to do that. And also, it's not fair to make other people ask me if I want to do things, right? Right. It's to be a good friend, you also need to put yourself out there and plan and invite people over and all of that. So... That's where I am. Well, one thing is I wonder if a reason that you were inclined to so dramatically up your aim for Priming Canyon was that 
it is associated with to you about the energy of the social because mm. that's such a big jump to just double Could from be. 50 to 100. So you're like, I need more of that in my life. And I also wonder if part of why the strike might make it hard is there's so much uncertainty. And I feel like making plans when things are uncertain. And I have to say, Elizabeth, as your sister, you've had many situations where you made lots of elaborate plans that took tons of work, and then they all got undone. Right. That's very draining. But now we're at the 100. And so the summer is yes. over. People are back. Yes. You're back in routine. Yes. You've given yourself the demerit. So you're focused on it. So now you can use these 100 days to put some yes, plans on the do calendar. some socializing. Yeah. I'm also thinking when I pick it, there's a lot of people. So maybe that's another, you know, I see people there, yes. and then it maybe feels draining to then go deal with making well, plans. And it sounds like it's a very specific social environment. It's not a typical social environment, no, I would say, yes. a way of engaging with people. So no. it has some pros, but it's not like a cocktail party, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But all right, Gretchen, I'm going to try to up yes. that. Good. What is your gold star? I want to give you a gold star for this retreat. So the Happier in Hollywood retreat there's a specific angle to my gold star, okay. which is you and Sarah were like, oh, yeah, what about doing a retreat? You casually mentioned this to me in passing as a thing on the horizon. And the next thing I turn around and there's this highly designed flyer. There's a weekend that had been picked, committing to a date, making plans. It seemed to me like it happened in like a week. And I, I realized like often with things like this, I noodle over them for months and months and months. Uh, and why? I don't know. I mean, you guys just picked a date and moved forward. And I, I thought that was so, so remarkable. And also, like, just looking at the materials, they're so funny. There's the inside jokes. It's not long, but it's still full of personality. I know how much work Aww. writing something like that takes. And I was like, how did they do this so fast? Oh, well, thank you. I think part of it probably is being on strike. We like the idea of accomplishing yeah. something. Yeah. So well, I think it good. helped us. Action is the antidote to anxiety. Yes. Gretch, since you're bringing it up, I should say if anybody wants information about the retreat, just email me at happierinhollywood.com at gmail.com and I can send info. We're very excited because we're having it at the Johnny Cash Ranch yes. in Ojai. So it's going to be very cool. And we still have some spots available. The resource for this week, I will just repeat that if you're interested in the Four Tendencies Workshop, how to use them at work, we talked about Rebels, the Four Tendencies at school. This is the Four Tendencies in the Workplace. That is happening September 26th. You can find out everything at happiercast.com slash workshop. What are we reading? Elizabeth, what are you reading? I'm reading The Club by Ellery Lloyd. And I'm reading Inside of a Dog by Alexandra Horowitz. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Start your 100-day countdown. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That's how most people discover our show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So, Gretch, my question is, are you checking a bag or are you going to carry on to Kansas City? I think I'm going to carry on. I'm going to use the packing cubes you got me for Christmas so I can pack more into my bag. But I, I think I can carry on. Okay. I'm debating. Mm, yeah.
from the Onward Project.